careful now. Boing. So cool to be playing vinyl. Vinyl. Took the record off the turntable. You ready for this? Welcome to Behind the Vinyl. Here's your host, Stu Jeffries. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast where our musical guests play vinyl copies of their biggest hits and give us the stories behind the music. In this episode, Ed and Tyler of the Bare Naked Ladies give us the scoop on If I Had a Million Dollars and where the song originated. I wrote this on a bus on the way back from a music camp. I wrote it to entertain the kids on the bus on the way back from the camp. More of that in a few minutes. First, we hear how Paul Humphrey and Chris Wardman of Blue Peter managed to save a pile of money to record their song, Radio Silence. So the first thing I remember is we put the mini Moog on hold, yeah. making the airplane sound, and it was in the studio by itself being recorded, and it was very, very eerie. <laughs> but a good effect. Yeah, but because it was analog, it was always wavering, so it was giving its own performance. Oh, yeah. And we were all watching it record as if it was going to do something. <laughs> I remember the Elka, the keyboard we found someplace that I used to do that riff. I think it was the Elka. And it was a piece of... It was like someone... I don't know how we got it. But I, th- I think we bought it because it cost $80 or something. That's right. And, and didn't have a lot of uh, control. It just made... It just did. It yeah. did. And that was recorded with you and uh, Kevin Doyle as the engineer. And don't forget Jasper. But Jasper was the, was in on it too, in, in on this whole record. Jasper from uh, Battered Wives. Yeah, he was officially the producer. Yeah. But we kind of went about our business. You kind of took it over. Maybe. <laughs> I remember he wasn't too happy with that. We can let that go, but... He was a good guy, and Battered Wives was a hacking band at the time. Yeah, we were also recording downtime, so I get phone calls from Kevin Doyle to like come down to the studio at 2 o'clock in the morning to start doing overdubs or mixes. Really? I forgot about that. I wasn't there Yeah, for well, because there was all like $300 an hour studios that no one could afford. Right, right. So it was like everything was always done on downtime. This is a... There's a lot of war themes going on in this record. What, what was going on with you at the time? I think I was watching like movies like Catch-22 and... Is that, was that this particular song? Yes, it is actually. Yes, it's the Bombardier. Oh, right. The guitar part was actually inspired by our drummer, Mike Bambrick. How? Uh, we were listening to a lot of uh, Robert Fripp's band, League of Gentlemen. Oh, yes. And uh, it had these kind of guitar parts on it. Yeah. Sort of quirky dance funk guitar. Yeah. So he was actually the one to uh, tell me to play that. Oh, he was a big influence. The um, There's a heavy guitar that I never... I hated heavy guitar at the time, but... Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin uh, asked me to play through a Marshall, and then he wanted a Les Paul, so they actually borrowed a Les Paul that Keith Richards had left behind. No way. Fantastic. Yeah. So you got to play Keith Richards' guitar in this. Is that for the power chords? Yeah. That's Paul Humphrey and Chris Wardman of Blue Peter with Radio Silence on Behind the Vinyl. I'm Stu Jeffries with Mo Berg from The Pursuit of Happiness and his take on how teaming up with the legendary Todd Rundgren on their song She's So Young helped make him a better producer. 
Okay. So this is, again, the original recording of She's So Young, which was, came from a demo that we had recorded um, with our friend Scott DeSmith in his basement, at the same time we recorded I'm an Adult Now. What's interesting about this is the original version of this song started with a drum beat and then into the first chorus, which is what, and then when we, when we uh, decided, we, after we recorded it and we decided to press it, we were getting, we got it remixed um, by a, a friend of our bass player, Johnny's in uh, Saskatchewan. And so I asked if he could trim off, either I asked if he could trim off the drum beat at the beginning or he just did it. I can't remember which one. But anyway, that seemed like a good idea and it just went right into the chorus as you just heard. But even then, I felt like what the song had was way too much chorus. And so when we eventually re-recorded it for Love Junk um, with Todd Rundgren, we started it on the first verse. And so that's what's unique about this version of the song is that we have one extra chorus at the beginning of the song that doesn't exist in the final version that was recorded for our, our major label record. Because um, that's, the, I feel like one of the things that Todd Runyon, who produced Love Junk, said was, uh, it, it, this seems like too much of a good thing. There's too much chorus in this. Um, as, as you know, as, um, he said the chorus is very engaging, but it's just the constantly happening in the song. And so that was a really interesting lesson, actually, figuring that stuff out, figuring out about arranging songs, which is something that's helped me a lot in my producing career. It's like um, how to edit down a song so that it's just down to its essential elements. So. Um, uh, th that worked out really great. Um, this song is really interesting in a way because it really reflects the pop side of the Pursuit of Happiness. So the Pursuit of Happiness had like this two sort of sides to us. We had sort of a more rock, harder edge version of ourselves and then a more pop side. And this just kind of reflective of my uh, upbringing um, in music was that I listened to a lot of sort of very pop AM radio kind of stuff, but I also listened to a lot of harder music, especially a lot of punk rock and stuff like that. So. Um, we sort of had those two things and those two things sort of were in my songwriting and sort of in the band's DNA and I remember early on when we were getting reviewed and someone came up with this line said if uh, or maybe we came up with it I think we came up with it and we used it, it was like if ACDC um, if a van carrying ACDC and a Volvo carrying ABBA got into a car crash it would sound like the pursuit of happiness and so that's kind of what what this, what our record was, was these two sides of the band. And so what Todd Rundgren did for us was he sort of helped us define that. And so we had some songs that were even more poppy, even more sweeter than this one. And he called them too, he said they are too twee. And then we had some other songs that were really more hard, hard, and or they had a lot of guitar, they were kind of guitar, and he says, he said, those are too guitar oriented. You're not really good enough guitar player have two guitar oriented a song so he said those here you've got we had 30 songs and he said these are the ones that are too twee these are the ones that are too guitar and these are the ones that you do the best and so essentially he helped us define our sound and so um, that was good the other interesting story about this song and well it wasn't so much this song but we played this song on the Mickey Mouse Club um, which was a big Disney show and uh, we also played it with them um, um, when Sky Comes Falling Down, which is about killing yourself. So I've always felt that was kind of funny that we had these two subversive songs on the Mickey Mouse Club. There's Mo Berg of the Pursuit of Happiness on Behind the Vinyl. I'm Stu Jeffries with two guys that are impossible not to love. Ed Robertson and Tyler Stewart of the Bare Naked Ladies. Not only did this song, If I Had a Million Dollars, feature what seems to be every musician you can think of, but it also has a very fun origin. 
right in off the top. The distinctive sound of Jim Cregan's upright acoustic bass. Yeah, Bob Wiseman on, on the accordion. accordion. Yeah. So if I had a million dollars, we recorded this at Reaction Studios in Toronto in 1991? 92. Recorded in 92? Yes, re recorded. Uh, we, yeah. Yeah, it was Reaction. Bed track. Bed track at Morin Heights. Morin Heights La Studio. That's right. Yeah, and that was February 92. Yeah. And then uh, probably, I'm going to say March 92 in Toronto at Reaction. We tried to have everyone from the Toronto music scene on the recording. We invited everybody. Yeah, most everyone people showed we knew. up. Yeah, at the time, you know, we were a club act, so we had the Bourbon Tabernacle Choir, the Reostatics, the Waltons, Arlene Bishop, guys from, uh, well, Bob Wiseman from Blue Rodeo at the time. Yeah, a fiddle player. Um, Dave Allen. Dave Allen. Uh, yeah, Louis Melville. Uh, all these people who were, you know, uh, around the very fertile, independent Toronto music scene. Yeah. The call and response. In fact, how did you write this? Uh, I wrote this on a bus on the way back from a music camp. Uh, I wrote it to entertain the kids on the bus on the way back from the camp. And I remember saying to Steve when I got back, oh, you got to hear this song I came up with. The kids all really loved it. And... Um, it became this thing every time we performed it, we improvised parts of it. And um, in fact, remember doing this in the studio, we recorded it every day. Yeah. Our goal was to get a spontaneous version of it that we liked. Right. So every day we would do a song or two and then do a version of Million Dollars. That's right. Every day. Yeah, because I think we were a little bit, this is our first full length studio album. So we're like yeah. a little bit daunted by you know, the whole process and to get the spontaneity every day. That's right. Yeah. So there's there's got to be like 15 or 20 versions yeah. of If I Had a Million Dollars from that session. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. I'd like to hear those. You have to get the master tape, the two-inch yeah. tape, ladies and gentlemen. That was something they used to record things on. It's made of plastic. <laughs> We sound really young. We sound young, absolutely. This well, I mean, at this point in the show, the role of the choir of Toronto independent musicians is being taken on by the audience. That's right. Everybody sings along at the top of their lungs. This is a song, I get asked about this song, we get asked about this song a lot because it's on our first record, it's on our first indie cassette. Yep. And people say, oh, you know, are you sick of that song? I'm not sick. There's lots of songs that I get sick of. I'm not sick of if I had a... Remember we were being interviewed and asked to name our favorite Bare Naked Ladies song? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I really like Tonight's Night, I Fell Asleep at the Wheel. I, I really like Pinch Me. Jim said if I had a million dollars. And yeah. we were all kind of stunned. I know. But it also makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah. It's a pretty joyous song. I think it's the moment in the show that everybody kind of waits for, oddly yeah. enough. I mean, we can... You know, we have One Week, which was a number one single. We have Pinch Me was a huge song, you know. Brian Wilson is a huge song. But when this one comes on, it's... The, it's it's, all, it's the like you're home free, though, too, right? Yeah. It's like, to the audience, the show's not over. The show's still happening. But for us, we can totally relax. Yeah. Oh, We've we, made it we, to we, If I Had a Million Dollars. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be great, and people will be into it. It's like a sure thing. 
Yeah. It's like, it's like when, you, when you're a band, you know you've saved a Grand Slam homer for the last song. You're going you're gonna to leave with a walk-off homer. Absolutely. That's Blair Packham's guitar I'm playing, by the way. There you go. Yeah. Ed Robertson and Tyler Stewart of the Bare Naked Ladies on Behind the Vinyl. I'm Stu Jeffries. Thanks so much for listening. And please do us a solid. Check out some of our previous episodes. I promise you, you'll find some great stories. See you next time on Behind the Vinyl. This has been Behind the Vinyl, the podcast. Hosted by Stu Jeffries. Audio production courtesy of Doug Morehouse, Derek Walsman, and Troy McCallum. Thanks for listening.